It's Sean Anderson from the Lockdown White Sox podcast, the only daily podcast for your Chicago White Sox. Thanks for reaching out and leaving me a voicemail today. Make sure to leave your name and tell me where you're from on your message, and hopefully I can get it right on the show. Thanks, and have a great day. Hey, this is Sean from Oakland. I'm calling to wonder in what you think about the White Sox possibly using a six-man rotation. Uh, love the show. I think you're really uh, funny, uh, handsome, smart, and you're, you're very well-opinionated, um, and your research uh, is very thorough. So have a great show, and I would love to know uh, what you think about the White Sox using a six-man rotation in 2022. Thanks. Bye. Love you. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us there at Locked On Sox, or you can search Locked On White Sox. I'm Sean Anderson. I'm the host of Locked On Sox. I'm a lifelong-ish Sox fan, lifelong baseball fan. Lifelong Southsider. I'm a former Chicago radio producer, and I've been the host of this great podcast for about two months now. It's it's been fun. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today is Monday, February 21st. It is Mailbag Monday. You might have heard Sean from Oaklawn give us our first question, and we'll talk about that today on Monday. Mailbag. And you can participate in our mailbags by calling in at 312-566-8727 or by writing in at LockdownSocks at gmail.com. Again, Sean from Oakland, who very handsome, by the way, first ever video call we got into the voicemail. So thank you, Sean, for that. Uh, very handsome guy and, and a very great question because I saw this floating around on Twitter. Uh, it was inspired by from the 108 uh, zone beef loaf, the guy who put me into the 108 tourney. So thank you, beef, uh, for, for that. I put you on the radio. You put me into the 108 tourney. It's a I scratch your back, your scratch my back situation. But beef tweeted out uh, over the weekend that he says, I keep seeing the White Sox need more starting pitching thesis. I don't disagree, but I'm curious on how it would get done. Keiko is here. Kopech is starting. Lopez has to be on the roster or left there or left out there to be claimed. Where are we putting this other starting pitcher? So I saw the mention of the six man rotation on Twitter, and I just wanted to talk about that idea. Can the White Sox actually implement a six man rotation in 2022? So thank you, Beef, for the inspiration. So today on this episode, I will talk to you about the expectations for the White Sox rotation in 2022. Will it be a six man rotation? Will it be the conventional classic five man rotation? What are the characters? Who are the players that we will see in those roles? That is what we'll talk about here on today's episode of Locked On White Sox. So I saw a lot of mention of the six-man rotation, and that's what I want to focus on the discussion on first, because right now you look at the Sox, and I refer to the big three as the Holy Trinity. And I'm sorry if that's sacrilege, but that's what comes to my head because, you know, raised Catholic. And the Holy Trinity, obviously, you know, it's Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, and Dylan Cease. Those guys are, you know, as, as solid as gold at least in my opinion, to be in the rotation for 2022. I don't think anyone disagrees after the seasons they have had. However, it does get a little bit shaky. Carlos Rodon occupied one of those spots last year in 2021. Right now, he's not signed by the White Sox. I think that's a mistake. I think once the lockout ends, they should go and sign Carlos Rodon. I was shocked that they didn't offer him the qualifying offer. You know, that's in the past, but we got to talk about the players that are on the roster. So Rodon occupied one of those spots. That spot is right now, I think, claimed by Michael Kopech. Some people have their worries about him, and we'll talk about him 
and kind of the people that he compares to, uh, especially in 2021, you know, what did Michael Kopech actually produce in 2021? What can we expect for him in 2022 if he goes from a reliever role to a starter role? We'll talk about that. But Kopech is right now slotted in that Carlos Rodon role. And then Dallas Keuchel's role right now is being played by Dallas Keuchel. And I think a lot of White Sox fans don't want to see that. I hated what I saw from Dallas Keuchel in the, at the end of last year. There's a reason he was left off the player playoff roster for the Sox against the Astros. And, I, and we'll talk about that and why, you know, some people think that he had, can have a little bit of a dead cat bounce. That's what Beef Loaf has uh, referred to it as. But I don't know if that's in the cards, but we'll talk about it. Maybe maybe that's what even cats is for. Why would I, you know, the Sox obviously believed in him when they signed him to the contract that they did. And I was really excited when the Sox signed him. I, I thought that he could possibly be the John Lester of this rotation. But, you know, where have things gone south for him and why do I think it's possibly not fixable? We will talk about that now. Let's talk about the six man rotation part, because is that even feasible? Because is the guy pulling the strings, Tony LaRussa, actually going to go away from something that I think is unconventional, a six man rotation? You know, because this guy is, is, you know, very conventional, very, uh, you know, conservative, quote unquote, uh, you know, baseball mind. Not a lot of analytics going into that. I mean, you, you look at the Sox shift rate, it completely dropped off from the change from Rick Renteria uh, to, to Tony LaRussa. So let's hear about the White Sox using a six-man rotation last year in 2021 to get context from the, the big guy, Tony LaRusso. We are going to start after Monday with, a, you know, the 10 days in a row, 10 games in a row, which you mean everybody would you know, pitch on the fifth day. So we are considering a six Lopez to jump in there. A lot of it has to do with the uncertainty of when's the best time to pitch Rodon. So we're looking at it. They're looking at it. Right. Mm, Tony sounds convinced. Tony, Tony sounds thrilled at the idea of going to a six man rotation. And I'm not trying to start a narrative that Tony LaRussa hates six man rotations. I'm not after that. That's I'm not interested in that. OK, but I just don't think it's in his old school mind to go to a six man rotation, especially at the start of, of a season. He can do it when his team needs to survive. I mean, you look at that 16 game stretch. Tony mentioned it was a 10 game stretch. It was 16 games from September 14th to September 29th that they played in a row. So really to survive the end of the season, they needed to extend those arms because Lance Lynn was dealing with stuff. Michael Kopech was dealing with stuff and Carlos Rodon was dealing with stuff. So they needed to survive in those 16 games. Uh, Giolito started three times. Keiko started three times. Lopez started three times. C started twice. Rodon started twice. Lynn started twice. And Kopech started once. And again, Keiko and Lopez, two of those guys that started the most are tied for the most with Giolito. Those two didn't even make a start in the postseason. They weren't important enough, and they didn't get a ton of run in the postseason in big innings just because, you know, again, Tony wasn't using this as big innings at the end of September because in that stretch, that 16-game stretch, the ninth game is the game that ultimately clinched the AL Central for them, and that clinched their playoff berth. So, you know, at that point, Tony's just trying to survive in advance and make sure that he's getting the healthiest and best squad to October. I just don't think that opening day, Tony LaRusso is going to be like, yeah, we got six great starting pitchers. I mean, you look at Jack McDowell on, on 670, the score, the fact that he's like allergic to analytics and that starters are being ruined now by the fact that they throw up to 97 uh, miles per hour. Like Jack McDowell was on a uh, Parkinson Spiegel just the other day. And it was crazy hearing him think the way that he thinks or him hearing the way that he thinks about baseball and how it's been ruined. Like, you know, I don't know how some of these older guys think, and it scares me at times. So I just don't think that Tony 
you know, Mr. Baseball lifer is going to go to a six man rotation unless it's absolutely necessary. Like it was at the end of the season in 2021. I mean, you hear it in his voice. I mean, Tony's really never that excited about stuff anyways uh, nowadays, but you know, Tony's not thrilled being like, yeah, Bruce, we're excited to go to a six man rotation. It just, I don't think it's him. And I don't think that it's him to use an opener either. I mean, like, let's be realistic here. You know, there was an article I saw from the ringers, Ben Lindbergh back in 2018 about the openers opening act. And this is when Kevin cash just started, uh, you know, managing the Rays and bringing the opener around and making it like a real thing. And it was crazy. Like Chris Archer was the only player that was listed as a real starting pitcher, not just a pitcher uh, on their uh, website, on their roster. The only starting pitcher they had listed in 2018 was Chris Archer. And they ended up trading him, uh, which was a good deal. Tyler Glasnow and Austin Meadows uh, plus uh, in that deal. But, you know, they Ben Lindbergh talks about the opening act for the opener. And he mentions that Tony LaRusso was the guy who brought that idea around in 1993. The rotation sucked for the A's and him and Dave Duncan collaborated and went to the idea that they needed to use Eckersley more. And they started using an opener. And, you know, Tony had that idea because his team desperately needed it in the middle of the season. Again, he's doing that because he desperately needs to do it, though. I mean, when he's winning World Series in 2006, it's not like Adam. I mean, yeah, it's not like Adam Wainwright was starting uh, games then at that at that point. It's not like because he was you know being used as a reliever. They weren't using him as a, a floating opener. Right. I mean, I just don't think that this is in Tony's wheelhouse to go to a, a six man rotation or even this opener idea. I, I, I thought about it, too. Like, I, I thought about it would be interesting if, if Craig Kimbrell was an opener for the Sox because you don't know what to do with him. And if he can't pitch the last inning, what if he pitches the first inning and just give him that little bit of run? And then, you know, you have Keiko to go two to six or two to seven, or you have Garrett Crochet then be a bridge to, to the fifth inning or the fourth inning or something like that. And then Keiko could pick it up or whatever, or, or flip that. Keiko can take it as far as he can, and then Crochet takes it. Like, you know, I think the opener could be a, a beneficial thing with all the arms that are in the socks. And it seems like a lot of confusing names can be in, in, in a lot of different roles. Um, but I, I just think that, again, it's not in Tony's nature to go to it unless his team absolutely needs it. Lockdown White Sox fans, it feels like every time I'm talking to you, I am talking to you about Built Bar's best tasting bar, The Puffs. They are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and that's because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And they're also a treat because the flavors, in my opinion, are to die for. You go to the website, you can see banana cream pie, cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, mint marshmallow, ruby chocolate, and lemon-dipped cheesecake. Again, I'm telling you, these flavors are to die for. My favorite thing, you can go to Built.com, you can check the macros chart, and you'll see that they are high in protein and low in calorie. They're high in fiber and low in carb. These flavors are to die for, and Built Bar, that's what they focus on. They focus on the taste. They make it delicious first, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. So you will be making a great choice in changing this out to be your go-to treat, because again, they are healthy and they taste delicious. Go and try them out. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 at built.com for 15% off your order. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. I went over to my grandpa's for lunch. I mentioned, hey, grandpa, my windshields aren't working the way I want them to. So he pops the hood. I bring the car around back, he pops the hood, and he sees the wire that's sending all the fluid to the, the sprayers to get the, you know, the windshield you know, wet, you know, the windshield wipers wet. 
So the, it wasn't pumping out and he cuts the wires and he tries sucking it out and he ends up, you know, getting windshield wiper fluid into his mouth because he was trying to figure the problem. He figured out the problem was the pump because it wasn't pumping through the uh, cords that were working. The wires are working. I'm not a car guy. This is why I take it to my 70 year old grandpa. But he says, go get a windshield wiper pump. And it took forever for the guy at my local auto parts store to even search for the part. So let's go to rockauto.com and I will show you how quick and easy it is to save money using rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, because I told you, I just needed to get a windshield wiper pump. And I told you I'm better at computers than some some other people. So I'm just going to type in my car, Toyota Corolla. We'll go down here, see 1.8. That's what I need. And then uh, when, uh, so I see wiper pump. I'll even just type in uh, water windshield washer pump. Look at this, 11.55. And I paid 30 bucks. Boom, it's that easy. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so you know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. I think the White Sox, especially with the contract that they signed Dallas Keuchel to, look at this and I think that they're fine with the five starters that they have. They think that, I, I think of the Holy Trinity, and I'm sorry if that's sacrilege, but I think the Holy Trinity for the Sox right now is Lynn, Giolito, and Cease. Like those guys are untouchable. They're as solid as gold. Those guys are going to be pitching and starting for the Sox in their rotation unless injuries happen, right? Kopech is a little bit iffy. I mean, Rodon would have been in that Holy Trinity, but obviously he's not signed. I thought they were going to extend a qualifying offer to him. They did not. So it looks like Kopech's going to take over that role now, but there's issues about Kopech, right? I mean, how much can he truly pitch this year without blowing out his arm again or, or without re-injuring his hamstring? I mean, we just don't know the volume that he can handle at this point in his career. And I was looking around and just trying to find comparables for him. Like what, what did what he did last year, how impressive it was, his 69 and one-third innings, 350 ERA, 44 games, four of those were starts. He finished a game, right? 103 strikeouts, 297 FIP, a 112 uh, uh, whip, right? I mean, like Michael Kopech was fantastic last year. I was trying to find a comparison for him. And I was looking on Stathead baseball references, like massive search finder for all of these players. I was trying to find a single season where a pitcher pitched less than 70 innings, which Kopech did, had a higher K per nine over 10. And then had a lower FIP of fielding independent pitching below three. And just for rookies. And I sorted it by war. And two names popped up that were very similar. And I, I really love the comparison. And I understand why people then might be concerned when you hear this comparison. And one of the comparisons was Michael Kopech had a war in 2021 of 1.3. Pitching 69 and one-third innings. Another guy who had 1.5 war. So basically the same season in 68 innings was back in 2010. And that was Steven Strasburg, who that year injured his arm and had Tommy John surgery and then ultimately missed the 2011 season. We know what Strasburg was. I mean, Strasburg's a, a, a multi-million dollar pitcher at this point, and he's a little bit faded off due to injuries. And I understand why the White Sox, who see Steven Strasburg as one of the greatest arms ever to come out of college and perform how he did in his debut, striking out 14, and then ultimately being you know, suffering Tommy John. But I don't know if you need to have that fear because Michael Kopech already suffered Tommy John in 2019. That's why we didn't see him after that Detroit game. I, I just, I understand why the concerns are there for Kopech, especially ramping him up. I'm not saying pitched, you know, Michael Kopech 200 plus innings this year, but 
if we do think that he's the guy that we think he is. And I, I think that Michael Kopech can be the White Sox best, best pitcher in about two years. You know, once he gets the command fully down and once he truly goes through the seasoning of baseball and once he's able to get those innings higher and higher, Michael Kopech is going to be the best pitcher on the White Sox rotation probably in, in two years, right? I think that we can all agree unless you're a Dylan Seasad. Um, and, and maybe Cease will be there in two years. I mean, I, I'd love to see that competition. If, if we have that issue, that's a good problem to have. But looking at Kopech, I, I, I understand the concerns, but you got to let him fly, right? He's a peacock. You got to let him fly. I don't see the hesitancy of why you wouldn't have him slotted in. Yes, you need to have plans for when he pitches and maybe you need to stagger days. But I think there's a plan that you could build out. Uh, for the White Sox, especially with the, the the crew that they currently have. And I think they're fine with it. I don't think that they're in a rush to go sign starting pitching. I think they need to improve their starting pitching. Um, and that's the thesis is I, that I think Dallas Keuchel is the bad guy in, in, in the rotation. I don't think that he is the piece uh, that they need in that fifth spot. So I think when Beef goes and, and Beef Love talks about, you know, what, what do you do with the starting pitching and how does it look? I think the White Sox are going to have a five-man rotation. I think you're going to see a Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, Michael Kopech, and Dallas Keuchel. I think that's going to be your five. And then Reynaldo Lopez is going to be spotted in when, you know, maybe an injury flares up, maybe Lynn goes to the DL. But you look at the Sox and the way that they were ran, they're going to be run by the same guy. They're going to be run by Tony La Russa. And you look at the way that he ran them last year, 855 innings, 855 innings and a third for the starters, which was the fourth most in the MLB. And you look at the way that it was broken down and there's nine guys that had starts last year. And you see that, you know, uh, oh, sorry. Those is com- complete games. Sorry, my bad. Uh, game started. Dylan Cease had 32. Lucas Giolito had 31. Dallas Keuchel had 30. Carlos Rodon had 28. Uh, Lance Lynn had 28. Carlos Rodon had 24. Right. The bulk of those starts are coming from five guys. And then L- Lopez gets spotted in with nine games started when injuries flare up. Kopech got a couple starts, especially due to double headers. He got four of them. Jimmy Lambert got three on some spot starts and double headers. And then Ryan Burr had an opener uh, opening moment, but that was only two innings, right? So you only saw that for a brief, brief moment in time. So I really don't think the White Sox are going to go away from a five-man rotation. And I think that the issue is, as you look at the quality of where those starts are coming from, yes, Dallas Keuchel gave you 30 starts last year, but he was the worst one by far. 518 ERA compared to 391 from Cease, 353 from Giolito, 269 from Lynn, 237 from Rodon, right? Like, you know, you look at Lopez's starts, 410 ERA in, in nine games started. I mean, is that the conversation? Do you just have Lopez be the fifth starter and you have Keiko come in whenever he needs to be? Because right now the issue with the Sox too is left-handed starters or left-handed pitchers just seem to be very endangered for the Sox and their entire organization, which as a lefty hurts my feelings. And I just, I don't know, like it it doesn't seem like Tony to go to a six man rotation. It doesn't seem like Tony to use an opener. And you look at last year, they had 13 pitchers on their opening day roster. Nine were right-handers, four were left-handers. Gilito staying, Cease is here, Lynn's here, Hendricks is here, uh, Jose Ruiz is staying, Michael Kopech is staying, Aaron Bummer staying, like those guys are carrying over from opening day. And then, you know, I, I, Rodon's not here. Hoyer's not here. Marshall's not here. Keiko looks like he'll be here. There's the question about crochet, right? I look at him and I, I love what I saw from 2020, but I didn't realize the, the amount of volume that we saw from Garrett Crochet. I mean, how little we actually saw him in 2020 and how much it truly probably was nerves that he was even throwing over 100 
Willie saw him in six innings in 2020. It felt like we saw him for like at least 14. And then he gets hurt in, in the postseason when they go to him. And that kind of throws off game three. And that was kind of the moment I feel like we all got really nervous as Sox fans. And I don't know if his injury hurt him from throwing 100, but I just don't think that it was realistic for him to throw 100 because he was probably putting in 110% into everything he was throwing rather than, you know, the 95 or whatever you need to be so you can actually carry through a performance and then do that, you know, two days from now and then do two, two days after. So with Crochet, it seems like they only have a bullpen piece. I would love for him to be an opener. I think it'd be interesting to have Kimbrell be an opener, right? Like have him give him the first inning. If he can lock into the ninth inning role and people think that's a thing, which it's not. He just he was just tired as a White Sox. He didn't have that volume over the past couple of years. And then finally pitching over like 60 innings just wore him out. Exactly what happened to Carlos Rodon. But I, I don't know. Like I, I, he makes a lot of money, which is a thing that I think the White Sox need right now. I think they need money to go and put into like Carlos Rodon as a starter or maybe Kyle Schwarber as a DH or Michael Conforto as a right fielder. They still need a backup catcher. I don't know if I love Lira Garcia as a starting second baseman. So there's still places they could spend money. I like Kimbrell because, again, he is a Hall of Famer and or Hall of Fame level for a closer. I don't know if he'll actually make it in the Hall of Fame, but you look at Kimbrell, $16 million is so much money that the White Sox can use to improve this team. And I think the bullpen is one of the last spots they need to. I think they need to improve the rotation. I would love to get rid of Dallas Keuchel because that $18 million could go to Carlos Rodon very easily, just a very easy transfer. But it's just who wants Dallas Keuchel? And that was the big thing with the CBT is I thought that if the White Sox got a floor level for the entire MLB, you know, even pushed it up to like 60 million, like teams needed to spend $60 million on their roster. You look, there's already three teams that are under $40 million. So those, that $20 million, one trade can bump them up just by adding one player in Dallas Keuchel. So the White Sox would have been hugely, they would have hugely benefited from a CBT floor. doesn't look like it's going to happen. I don't know when the lockout's going to end, but I just think that the White Sox rotation, it's going to be five man. And the five guys that you're getting, I mean, three of them, again, are solid as gold. One, you have injury concerns about, and maybe volume. You don't want to put too much on his plate. And then Keiko, it's, can he actually bounce back? And I don't know if he can. BetOnline.net is now the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network and of Lockdown White Sox. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. BetOnline has the latest odds, totals, player performance props to even odds on where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. I got to tell you, this past Saturday, my sports watching was enhanced by using BetOnline.net. I like their college basketball lines. I like their NHL lines. I was watching Colorado versus New York. Why was I watching that? Because I had Colorado, uh, you know, uh, favored by a, a goal and a half, right? And 50 seconds left. They only have a one goal lead. New York has an empty net. The puck goes all the way to the other end and Colorado just taps it in. It was the most exciting goal I've ever seen in my life because I won money and you can go win money at betonline.net. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device or use your desktop. Again, betonline.net. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. Locked On MLB Prospects is brought to you by host Lindsey Crosby. He is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep 
on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Like 528 ERA, that's the highest it's ever been. The only thing close was his rookie year in 2012 when it was 527. And the one thing that really sticks out to me is like, he's a control guy. And in 2018, it kind of looked shaky for him, 200 innings and 58 walks. And then you look at this year, 2021, 162 innings pitch, 59 walks. He just, he's not overpowering anybody anymore. He doesn't have deceptive stuff. And even then in 2018, 153 strikeouts to 58 walks. This year, 2021, I guess last year, 95 strikeouts compared to 59. I just don't see Dallas Keuchel, who's been this command guy and a guy who is able to deceive hitters as being able to deceive hitters anymore. I honestly think that the game he struck out 10 or whatever against the Rays earlier on in the season was the falling off point. I would love to see Dallas Keuchel bounce back, maybe have like a J- Jason Vargas revenge run, uh, you know, with like the, the Mets or the Royals, whatever, like send him to one of these teams where I don't have to watch him. But I really don't think that he's going to have a bounce back season. Maybe he needs time to recover. Maybe he needs time to strengthen up. Maybe he needs more shifting. I mean, he, he was complaining about defensive positioning. Maybe he's a man of my own heart. Maybe I shouldn't be so hard on Dallas Keuchel because he wants more shifting. I mean, he wasn't complaining in 2020. He was complaining in 2021. I, maybe that's the thing. Maybe the one I'm talking about, Andrew Vaughn playing right field, and they need to shift him more aggressively to help him defensively. Maybe they need to shift more around the ground ball guy. The guy, and, and that's another thing too. Like he's a ground ball pitcher and I, the deceptive thing is still a thing. The control and deception thing is still a real thing. I mean, he's striking out less guys and he, he just has a worse control. But also, I mean, this is one of the worst defensive teams in the major leagues. And, and he's known as a ground ball pitcher. And yet we're, you know, maybe that's another issue right there. It's not like, you know, and you look at fielding independent pitching, dude gets rocked. If you look at his ERA without the, the fielding part, it's very similar to his ERA, which just shows you that he's getting rocked. But also, I mean, maybe there is something to that if he was getting a little bit more defensive help. Maybe the ERA is hurt a little bit less. I don't know. It's just tough because I think if you look at 2022 and the, the, the opening day roster, the potential opening day roster, you can see Giolito being on that roster for sure. He'll be a starter. Lynn's a starter. Hendricks, Cease, Kopech, Jose Ruiz, Kendall Graveman, and Craig Kimbrell. I think those guys are, are for sure uncertain unless they trade Kimbrell, which I don't think is going to happen. And then you could probably say that Keuchel and Aaron Bummer are for sure's. So if you're trying to fill that out, because I think that's only 10 guys right there, how do you fill that out? I think the only way that they can fill that out is aggressively. You're going to need to have another left-hander on there because I think the Garrett Crochet should start in AAA. I know I've been a little bit scatterbrained today, so I apologize on that. But Crochet, we talked about this. I talked about this a little bit. The velocity going down and him learning how to pitch, he never had that ability to make those mistakes in lower pressure situations. And that was something that Jack McDowell talked about on six, seven, the score was, you know, baseball is, is about progression. Baseball is about learning and then being able to learn from that progression and, and be able to, you know, really master the game. So then once you're up at MLB, you're not doing that at that level. And then you can just go out and play and you've already learn the game so much you you've seen the inner workings you know what works you know what doesn't work and then you can go out and try to execute to your best abilities i mean garrett crochet really hasn't had the ability to experiment with what may or may not work 
because he's always been thrown into major league games. He's always been thrown into the most important part. And, and that's what Jack McDowell was saying was that like baseball being cut of some of these lower levels and, and, and the progression, like baseball's a journey. Baseball's a marathon from the regular season. If you're you know on the, on the club, the big club, you go from April to, to, to September 162, and then you have the playoffs. Right. But even then, I mean, you got to go through lower a to go to single a, to go to double a, to go to triple a crochet skipped all of that. And, you know, he's trying to figure out, am I a reliever? Am I a starter? I think you need to give him more clarity and maybe even put him down. Maybe this is too low, but I'd say put him down to double A because we know that triple A, the park in Charlotte is just a nightmare for pitchers. Put him down in double A and and see what works. I mean, start him, uh, start him one day, then put him to the bullpen after five days, give him two days of run. Right. And then rest him, and then have him start a fifth day. Like, See what works for Garrett Crochet because we don't know right now. And I don't know if the White Sox are exponentially helped by having Garrett Crochet in April when, you know, maybe they help him figure it out a little bit more and he can confidently be the pitcher that he he wants to be in, in May or, or, or possibly June. Because I know the White Sox need to win this year, but also the Sox can't afford to have the Garrett Crochet project go wrong. And, and he's an important piece so I think you need to let him make mistakes in some lower level leverage situations, not because he's not a good pitcher, because again, I mean, the start that he's had so far, I looked at this too, like players with under 70 innings, the most war it's Garrett crochet with 2.5. I mean, like he's still a very good pitcher and in a pitcher that can work in the major leagues, but if they drafted him to be a starting pitcher, the time needs to be now for him to start working on that. And I think you do that by bringing up, a couple people. I think you could bring up Kyle Crick, a guy that they signed this offseason to a minor league deal. He's a former starter, former Giants top prospect, started his career with the Giants, was called up, and then was traded to San Francisco. I'm sorry, he was he was traded to Pittsburgh in the Andrew McCutcheon deal uh, that sent McCutcheon to San Francisco. That also sent Brian Reynolds uh, to Pittsburgh, who's currently still on that team. And he spent from 2018 to 2020 uh, with Pittsburgh. That's Kyle Crick from 2018 to 2020. Uh, with Pittsburgh. He's 29 years old. He's a reliever. His best year was in 2018, his first year with Pittsburgh. He was worth 1.5 war. He had a 2.39 ERA in 64 games. And in those 64 games, he pitched 60 innings, 60 and one third innings, and had a K per nine of 9.7. Control has been a big issue in his career. He has a 5.1 walk per nine. And the thing with Pittsburgh is they've had, I mean, especially in that time with Crick, uh, this guy was fired in 2019, but they had a a pitching coach from 2010 to 2019 that had a very similar strategy, like low fastballs. uh, They didn't really want high velocity guys. They wanted to get ground balls. Like that was a, a big strategy for Pittsburgh. So I just wonder too, with Crick, if you give him a modern pitching coach and they, he did have a different pitching coach in 2020 and 2021, but also like, you see how cheap the pirates are. Are you really thinking that the pirates are putting their best people out and trying to, you know, have the best staff possible? Like the pirates aren't spending any money. The pirates suck as an organization. So I think if you get one of the more herald names in pitching around Kyle Crick, it could be a very interesting situation. Like I, I wonder what he would be doing with a spring training. Because working with cats, maybe that control is fleshed out a little bit more. He's able to work in the pitches that he likes because in 2018, that was the most he ever used his four seam fastball. And ever since 2020 or 2019, 2020, 2021, 
I mean, his fastball usage just fall down and now he's favored his slider more. So you wonder with Crick, like, can he be adjusted the right way to possibly become a positive pitcher? Because you look at 2021, like his worst pitch was a slider and he's using it 60% of the time. He's using his four seamer 31% of the time and it's got a run value of zero. When you look at his four seamer back in 2018, when he's using it 56% of the time, it's got a run value of negative seven. And the fastball helps the slider. And I think that now he's switching it around and he's thinking the slider's helping the fastball. I don't know. Ethan Katz would know a lot more about that. And I think Ethan Katz knows a lot more about pitching than most people on the planet. So I like the Kyle Crick thing. If he had more time with Ethan Katz in spring training, you know, maybe this would be more of a solid plan. Kyle Crick starting in the bullpen. And maybe you do use him as an opener. I just, there's so many options for the Sox. And I understand why beef threw this out as a question because like where do you go as the white Sox as, as an organization and to talk about pittsburgh and their their philosophy i mean the best example i can give you is garrett cole in 27 in 127 games with pittsburgh he had a caper nine of 8.4 since leaving pittsburgh he had a he has a caper nine of 12.7 and is a 300 million dollar man so i'm not saying kyle crick is going to be that but kyle crick can be a a, a name that if the right adjustments are made, he could be a legitimate piece for the White Sox bullpen. That bullpen gets even stronger and stronger. And, and that just gives them the opportunity to really be flexible with how they go after Kopech and how they use Kopech and, and how they use Garrett Crochet. Uh, because I think Ronaldo Lopez should be used more. Um, I think there's a, a fair argument between Ronaldo Lopez and Dallas Keuchel. And I think their best option this year would be to possibly trade Dallas Keuchel and then sign Carlos Rodon. I just think it's so unlikely that somebody wants Dallas Keuchel that they can make that deal happen. So if you're looking at it, I think you can expect for the 2022 White Sox rotation to be Giolito, Lynn, Cease, Kopech, and Keuchel. I don't think you're getting a six-man rotation. I don't think you're getting openers. And if they're going to go with that route, they really need to start developing Garrett Crochet into a starter. So this problem doesn't happen because at some point Dallas Keuchel is going to be too old to even pitch. You need to start filling up those lines. And, and if Renato Lopez this year, he falls off, you know, then you don't have a starter option. What you're going to go to Jonathan Stever. You're going to go to uh, one of the other guys, Jimmy Lambert. You're going to go to one of them. Like they haven't shown it yet in the major leagues, the time that they've been in there and AAA again is a tough park to pitch. They haven't shown it yet though. And I, and every time I see them, I don't know if they're going to have it ever. And it sucks to say that. And I hope that doesn't happen, but I'm sorry. I'm a little scatterbrained today and I apologize for that. Sometimes hosting a podcast solo is tough, but I think the White Sox can start the season with those 10 names. Let me re recap those 10 names. Uh, if you forgot them, Giolito, Lynn, Hendricks, Cease, Kopech, Ruiz, Graveman, Kimbrell, Keuchel, and Bummer. I think those sure, those are pretty sure and certain. I think those 10 you could probably lock in. I don't think that they're going to have any start, you know, signings in the offseason, uh, starter wise. So I think you're looking at that possible bullpen. Then to fill out the bullpen, I think the White Sox do this. I think that they will bring up Kyle Crick. I think it's possible that if Katz gets enough time with him, that he could be molded into a workable reliever. And again, he's 29 years old. So it's not like you need to give him time. He's been in the majors before. He's been in the majors since 2017. So he understands the pressure of pitching in the majors. Maybe they can make those tweaks and spring training can, can help him turn into something that the White Sox can see as viable. 
And then finally, I think that they will call up Bennett Souza. They purchased his contract during the offseason and added him to the 40-man roster. Watched a couple videos of him, and I just think that his mechanics look a little wonky. I think they could streamline him. And again, who knows pitching more in the world than, than Ethan Katz? Not many. And I just think that there's potential there. And the White Sox need a lefty arm, and he's their best-handed. They're the best left-handed arm uh, that is uh, major, major league ready. So I think Bennett Souza could be called up. And this is from Future Sox write-up about Bennett Souza. Strikeouts have never been a problem for him. He has consistently dropped Caper 9 numbers above 10 in his career. In 2021, he upped that number to a whopping 13.5 in 47 innings for AA Birmingham and AAA Charlotte. A manageable 120 whip combined with the outrageous K made the White Sox protect Souza from the Rule 5 draft, which was eventually canceled. He is a serious candidate for the White Sox bullpen in 2022, which I think he, he will be. I, again, I don't think that they're going to spend too much this offseason, and if they do, I think it's going to be on a bat. Um, if they do sign somebody, I think the smartest person for them to sign, and I talked about this with Jordan Lazowski a couple months back at this point, is, I think it would be Colin McHugh, or at least his that conversation I had with him gave me the idea that the White Sox should sign uh, Colin McHugh. He isn't a, a Naperville native, but I look at McHugh and the fact that he can start, the fact that he can come out of the bullpen is the best thing for the Sox. He was with the Astros from 2014 to 2019. That was really when he was starting and having a significant amount of innings. That's when he was officially seen as a rookie too. He finished fourth uh, in rookie of the year voting that year, but a 2.73 ERA, 25 games started that year, but he started being moved to the bullpen after 2018, 58 games started or 58 games played in uh, zero games started, finished 18 games for them, pitched 72 innings, had an ERA of 199, and then in 2019, uh, went stayed in the bullpen, 4.7 ERA, fell off a little bit, uh, 35 games played, eight games started, 74 innings, um, and, and command seemed to fall off a little bit. He didn't play in the uh, 2020 season. He opted out uh, due, during the pandemic, but in 2021, he came back. He was with the Rays, had a 155 ERA. He played in 37 games, started seven games, finished 11 for the Rays, in 64 innings. So I really do think he bounced back. And I think the White Sox, again, if they're looking for days off to give Michael Kopech, Colin McHugh would be a very smart signing because he can give you dominant innings as a starter. He can give you dominant innings as a reliever. And I think that's that's what the White Sox need at this point. So I just don't think radical things like a six-man rotation or opener will happen this year. I think the one thing that they need to do, though, is improve that fifth start, fifth, fifth spotting start. <laughs> that sixth that fifth starter spot my god that's what they need to do i apologize and i think that if they you know just swapped keiko for rodan i wouldn't i don't think we'd have, we're having this conversation to be honest with you you know maybe we're talking about rodan's stamina and can he last a full 162 but i i just think that's the true conversation is that the white Sox just need a better fifth starter and scatterbrain i can't talk today carlos rodan being that starter that fifth starter instead of Keiko would would ease me a lot more. And I think it's a better conversation that, you know, can Keiko have a bounce back year than, you know, can the guy with the two top uh, pitches or two two top 50 pitches in the major league last year, according to pitch value, Rodon, who had the best fastball, which was the best pitch in the majors, according to Statcast, and the 36th best pitch, was just, which was the slider, uh, according to run value. So, you know, I, I'd rather have that guy uh, than, than Dallas Keiko. So I guess that's really the conversation in my mind. 
Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Hopefully we have some lockout news for you. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm Sean Anderson, and thank you for listening to Lockdown Sox.